Hey guys, you're listening to Talk Space with Jen and Kui. I'm your girl, Jen. And I'm your girl, Kui. And this is our Safe Space podcast, where we talk about all things life, from professions to family to love and all the things in between. But from our perspective, of course. So grab your favorite drink, have a seat, and let's just chat. Hey girl, hey. Hey girl, what's up? Girl, listen, all of the things that are technical difficulties are happening right now. That's okay. Technical difficulties, um, I feel like they're a way of life these days. They're just excessive. Absolutely. Like if you have one Zoom meeting without a technical difficulty, let me tell you something. That was blessed and highly favored. Okay, that was the Lord's favor. Hallelujah. I can't stand you. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, in our last episode, before we begin shenanigans, in our last episode, we talked about, um, like, essentially just establishing a budget, first and foremost, right? How to establish your budget, what you need to take into account when you do establish your budget. And so now we want to continue with that conversation with our financial fitness goal or financial fitness journey conversation and begin discussing, well, not begin discussing, but um, kind of jumping in more on some of the things that we mentioned, like life insurance, retirement accounts, paying off debt, things of that nature in this episode. So uh, yeah, per usual, we're just going to go ahead and jump in. So, Queen, one of the things that you mentioned, or I think we both mentioned in the last episode, was the importance of having life insurance. And I think you brought it up first, and we just kind of stressed it a few times. But life insurance is so important for multiple reasons. I'm getting a look. What am I getting that look for? No, it was background noise, girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, you're, you're absolutely right. I do think that it is very important to have life insurance no matter what age you are, honestly. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people avoid life insurance because of, you know, superstitious reasons or because of financial reasons. But as you mentioned in our last episode, you need to like take into account or you need to factor in, I should say, life insurance as one of your monthly bills. That just needs to happen. And do your due diligence in looking for the company and plan that's going to work best for you. There's so many different types of life insurance, so many different companies that offer life insurance. And I know sometimes we say, oh, but I have insurance through my job, right? So if something were to happen to you or your spouse or something, you're covered for typically it's like one time to 1.5 time um, your your salary with them Mm -hmm. but it's good to have other forms of life insurance also because let's say you make fifty thousand dollars when that person passes whoever the beneficiary is is only going to get that fifty thousand and sometimes our debt in life accumulates to more than that so you don't want to pass and something or something terrible happens to you i know a lot of people don't like to say it that way and um your beneficiaries are left with all of your debt or they're left just paying for all the bills on their own. So if you have that life insurance, it provides them with a death benefit should your untimely passing occur. And that death benefit can be any amount that works for you. 100000 150000 200000 500000 a million if you just ball in like that and you got it and you can do it. But definitely look into a separate life insurance policy. Um, they have term life insurance policies, which do not have cash benefits, whole life insurance, universal life insurance, which do have cash benefits, which means you can borrow against them if you need to, right? You borrow against them. And it's not like borrowing from the bank because when you borrow from most life insurance policies, I don't want to say all of them, but most life insurance policies, if you borrow against your cash benefit and something happens and you um, don't pay it back before something happens. It just comes out of your death benefit. So if you have a hundred thousand dollar policy and you borrow five thousand, then the person's going to get ninety five thousand. Well, y'all didn't see it, but she had to reach for that number, child. She was over there like, 
You know how the school teacher be like, what you looking up there for when you trying to find the answer to something? That's exactly what she did. Y'all couldn't see it, but that's exactly what happened just now. I'm sorry. I ain't even have to put you on blast like You that. did. You did. Now okay. who's being disrespectful? Out the gate. Okay. The disrespect. I never said I wasn't disrespectful. <laughs> this is true. I never said that. <laughs> but yeah, guys. So life insurance, right? There are a lot of different companies. New York Life is one. I just mentioned them because I'm familiar with New York Life. Um, and as we said, oh, so she always wants somebody to sign up for something in New York. Like, mm. actually, when I signed up for New York Life, I lived in uh, California. I was just joking. That's what I said. They're actually one of the top rated insurance companies. So she always it's coming okay. for us, New Yorkers. She always coming for us. It's because I low key want to be a New Yorker. Okay, there <laughs> I said it. <laughs> but she's staying in Texas. Yeah, I said it. But everything big in Texas, baby. <laughs> Did you guys hear the little twang her accent when she said that? I ain't never doing it again, so don't ask. But absolutely, I think it's like, even even though we're joking about it, life insurance is important. And it's not only important for you to, like, I know people, it's really messed up. But people in families be, like, hoping their family members, like, especially people who are, like, kind of set straight. They're hoping that they have life insurance so you could come up. But I think something to consider when looking at life insurance is making sure that you have enough so that even if you're not leaving an abundance of money behind, at least your people can, one, get you in the ground if that's how you choose to be taken care of or cremated and making sure that your debts are paid so that they do not have to worry about that. So if you think about it, if you get just a regular um, term life policy, and let's just say you die within the time frame of your term life policy and you get $300,000, well, is that $300,000 going to cover your mortgage, your car, whatever you have left on top of your funeral expenses? I think it's very important to consider that. And just for like really quick, um, the difference between term life and whole life is that I, I actually didn't know this until I started shopping for life insurance for myself. But with term life, if you get it and you die like within the term, so let's just say if you have 20 years, if you die within that term, then your beneficiaries will get that benefit. However, comma, if you live 21 years, <laughs> your beneficiaries don't get anything. I didn't know that. But you still are paying for it if you don't cancel your term life. And that's what they don't tell you. Exactly. So just be mindful. You know, it's better, it's better to overachieve. So if you, you know what I'm saying, little up in age and you're thinking like, all right, well, I probably got another 10 to 15 years. Girl, go ahead and tack it up to 10 years on that because you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with your whole life, of course, that's like permanent life insurance. So that covers you while you're living. So and then. I heard you mentioned universal life, which I've heard of it, but haven't really dabbled in it. We'll say a little more about that. So I haven't dabbled in it either. I just have term and whole life policies, but apparently a universal term, it covers, I don't want to say it covers more, but it allows a higher death benefit Mm -hmm. and some extra incentives depending on the company that you go with. Um, because the universal with each company that I did research was different. Like the terms were different for the universal plan. Um, But yeah, as we said, that term policy, there's typically, excuse me, a set number of years that that term policy is for. Your term policies, from what I have noticed, the monthly premium for the term policies is often um, much cheaper than your, your whole life policy. Um, absolutely yeah and i didn't i didn't when i first um dove into life insurance policies and having policies don't come for me um like because my mom is the beneficiary y'all ain't getting nothing but when i first dove into having multiple policies i wasn't ready i was not ready (laughs) my financial advisor at the time did tell me that there was a price difference but at the time I was just like yeah okay give me this policy give me this policy and I didn't it like it didn't sink in the the significant difference in the monthly premiums of them but the benefits of your whole life policy guys is to me it's definitely worth it 
like that cash benefit is worth it, the ability to, you know, put money in and have a higher debt benefit or take money, whatever it is, um, is definitely worth it. So if you can have both, have both. That's really good. It's just extra money on top, but definitely get life insurance. Go ahead, please. But be mindful. Don't be just pulling from your whole life policy because that ain't what it's there for. Okay. Because I know one or two people who got these whole life policies that when they go on the glory, ain't going to be nothing done. Okay. Everybody getting thirty nine ninety nine and a piece of KFC chicken. Okay. Time out. Time out. When they go where, Queen? Go on the glory. Okay. <laughs> Shall I just clutch my pearls and rock back and forth like an old spiritual? Listen, be mindful about them whole life policies. Make sure you only pulling from them when it's absolutely necessary. And yes. if you do pull, make sure you have the money to put it back. Absolutely. Because, like I said, it's a few people who I know them pull so much from it. Ain't nobody getting but thirty nine ninety nine. And a piece of KFC chicken, okay? And she means thirty nine dollars and ninety five cent, not three thousand nine hundred ninety five. Oh yeah, just just to be clear, there's a decimal point in the middle of the numbers. <laughs> just just clarification. <laughs> um, and also too, like something else that just recently, because you know we are, I am expecting, we've been looking at is even making sure your children have life insurance. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of times your kids can be riders under your policy. So, and it's a lot cheaper. Um, but yeah, even your kids, like it's scary to think about something happening to your child. And you definitely don't want that, but it's best to have them protected. Right. Is Gerber still around? I know that was a big thing when we were younger, but is this Gerber, Gerber is still, still around? It okay. is still around. They're not handed it out like hotcakes no more though. Okay, okay. Medicine another and technology. Reason, <laughs> another okay. reason, guys. <laughs> stop it. Another reason, guys, it's, um, I, I don't want to necessarily say better, but it may be easier to get life insurance sooner rather than later, when you're younger rather than older, is because of the health issues that kind of come with us with age. So if you're up there in age, let's say you're 65, 70, and you have a few health conditions under your belt, it's going to be more difficult and more expensive for you to get coverage. And you may have a longer waiting period. So if you get life insurance and you sign up for life insurance, when we're relatively healthy, and even sometimes it's hard when we're still young, but when you get it, um, when you're relatively healthy, it tends to be a bit easier. Um, so definitely, definitely look into that. And another thing, make sure that the life insurance policy that you are signing up with is an actual life insurance policy Girl, and not for the people in the back. <laughs> Right, right. Knock on the mic with that one because there are people who are um, advertising their services or advertising um, their business as a life insurance company or a life insurance policy providing company that are actually just providing a small death benefit or end of life benefit or funeral benefit is what they call it. And so One of the ways that you'll know the difference is because, one, there'll be much smaller amounts. It'll be like $3,500, $5,000, $10,000, $15,000. When we're talking actual life insurance policies, we're talking $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 and up policies, okay? Um, So definitely make sure that you're understanding the difference between them. And there's nothing wrong with getting those death benefit or funeral policies because sometimes they make the transition easier. They can, um, I guess they can dispense the money more quickly than a life insurance policy can. It can get to the funeral home. They can have that taken care of for you. So if you have it, if it's in the budget, go ahead and get that as well if you can. But definitely make sure that we have a life insurance policy that, as Kui said, is actually going to set your beneficiaries up so that they don't have to pay any of your debt, any of your expenses um, at the end of life. So, so important. Absolutely. So next up, guys, we want to talk about retirement and investment accounts. And we're not going to get super, super in-depth because as we've been in our last episode, we are not financial advisors. We're just speaking from our own experience. 
So what we are going to bring to you guys is just like a small, small snippet, a little scrape of the surface of all of these different types of services. So yeah, retirement and investment accounts. So if you if you work for a you know a, a decent company and I say that lightly because not even all of the ones that offer it are even worth shit. But if you work for a if you work for a decent company, then you should have some sort of 401k or retirement account that your job does offer. I want to say this and I really, this is another one of those things where I want to stress where they say, oh, well, I'm not going to retire until I'm 65 or 70. So I don't really have to worry about putting money into retirement. But baby, I don't know if y'all know this, but social security is not going to be an option for us. And they're going to take it out that paycheck, but they're going to give us $42 when we're ready to retire, if that much, okay? So it is very important for you to start putting into that now. And even if you're only able to do like one person, and then if you have a company that will match you, you got 2% going in, which is great. And even just starting out, that's amazing. And then you can kind of just increase based off of your budget. Um, so I want to stress that, that you are never too young to start putting in your 401k, no matter what age you are. Um, I recently had to get on my little brother's neck because he has been working his job consistently. They offer 401k and he has not been putting money in it. And I'm like, um, excuse me, sir. What are you doing? He's like, I'm only 20. I don't care. She's still putting in. So before we even get started, I just wanted to start there. So I just want to interject really quickly because you mentioned something about like social security. So even if social security is around guys, that gives us a limited amount of income every month to survive off. Oh yeah. Right? It's not going to be what you were bringing in when you were working full time. It's not going to be that. Absolutely not. It's a fixed income. So when we hear older adults talking about the fact that they're on a fixed income, most of them are only collecting their social security benefits. And that doesn't provide the lifestyle that maybe you have become accustomed to all of the time. So even if there is social security benefits, if there are social security benefits still around when we are older, depending on how old you are, you still don't want to be limited to just that. So having this retirement account allows for there to be a little wiggle room, a little extra fundage, a little extra coinage available to you when you do retire. Absolutely. Because I mean, as somebody who worked in retail banking, y'all, it's very sad to see older people who you know have worked their asses off their entire lives come in to withdraw their social security. And it's $850 for the whole month. Like, and I, I don't know, like, if that fluctuate based off of, like, what state you live in or whatever. I don't know. Because Social Security is federal, so I'm not really sure how that translates down to, like, I know the cost of living is higher in New York. So I don't know if they're getting more money in New York or what, what have you. But I've worked in retail banking in two states, both South Carolina and Texas, and it's still about $850. And it's very sad because a lot of times these people who are of retirement age are still having to work or are disabled and cannot work and definitely are not making enough money to make those ends meet. And it's very sad. So yes, absolutely putting into your company's 401k plan. If you get lucky and you get to put into a pension, put all the money over there. Put it all in. Put a little bit everywhere. And I ain't saying you have to put your whole paycheck over there. I'm saying put what you can, what you can afford to. Child, put it over there. Because you're going to get $42. That's it. Government going to be like, Wait, we just went from $800 to $42. Well, I'm saying if you're if you're our age, G, I mean, you're looking at, you know, realistically, if you retire at the actual retirement age of 65, I have... 35 years, by the end, they not going to have $850 to give to me. They going to be giving me $52. <laughs> oh, I said $42. Are we back to this $52? No, no, no. They give me $42 this time. I'm like, shoot. Well, we can give you $42. And I'll be like, what a boost today. You, you can take it or leave it. Right, right, right. So. It's so sad. Like, I, I, I just really don't like to see people in their older age having to work. You know, like if you want to work because you just don't want to sit at home or 
you just tied to your spouse and y'all done been together for 75,000, 11 years and y'all just can't stand to look at each other. I get that, right? If you just literally want to, but when you have to work and you are just like struggling to pay your bills and you're budgeting and everything, it's not, it's sad. So that's why y'all need to be nice to them Walmart greeters. Some of them folk have to be there. Not, they don't choose to be. Even the ones in the wheelchair Jesus. Y'all need to be nice to them people because sometimes them people just trying to make their ends meet. Y'all don't know what folk be going through. Y'all just be being nasty to folks. I'm sorry. So I don't know if you guys can hear me laughing, but I'm laughing so hard. I sound like I'm wheezing while I'm laughing. I'm sorry, y'all. I just thought about it. I just like, people be being so mean. I seen this video. These young kids just knocked this old man clean over he was a walmart greeter i said you don't know what that man going through and you knock that man over y'all be nice to them walmart greeters also them people that be out there or any of the greeters specifically walmart greeters but them people who be out there ringing them bells when they be older standing out in the cold during christmas time for salvation army or whatever that is be nice to them folks too because this temporary seasonal work and they probably really needed that coin and stop trying to take money out of the basket. The purpose is for you to. Pick. I ain't gonna lie. I had went by one day. It was twenty eight. Okay. I really had thought about grabbing. It. I ain't even gonna lie. I ain't even gonna hold you. I ain't even need the twenty. Jesus is on the main line. Well, that's why he wouldn't let me grab it. So, <laughs> y'all, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, y'all. I'm not taking from the Salvation Army folk. I promise, I'm not. Lord, that was awful. Edit that out. Don't put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an old lady then she was like merry christmas I'm like, girl you need to get another <laughs> coat standing out here ringing that bell grab that 20 and go get you another jacket not the frigid voice and it was a little bit cold that day but anyway back back to investments though i was i'm speaking on specifically your retirement account so most people are familiar with the ira which are your individual retirement accounts um, and the two most common are Roth IRA and traditional IRA. So your Roth IRA, in my opinion, I mean, both of them have their benefits, but your Roth IRA is going to be a uh, post-tax money means money that you've already been taxed on. So when you get ready to pull that out at your retirement, good old retirement age, you won't be taxed on it because the taxes have already been paid on that money. For your traditional IRA, you will be taxed on it once you start having to pull it out. And, um, yeah, them, them people don't be happy about it, but it is what it is because Uncle Sam going to get his either way. And that's why I said last time, Uncle Sam, if you listening, pull up because I'm tired of your shit. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to make it through this whole episode without an inhaler. I'm just I'm tired. sorry. I'm, I'm I feel triggered again. Girl, you know how I talk <laughs> about them, them government entities, how they get me triggered. Honey, me and the post office finna go at it. Then the post office lost my package. Time I said, we put it in the mailbox. No, y'all didn't because if you did, it would have been at the mailbox. Then go call me back talking about some, oh, we were sending it back because it wouldn't fit in the mailbox. Why y'all didn't bring it to the dough? Okay. Sorry. To the what? To the dough. But you know, postal services for all service companies has been garbage lately. Amazon, FedEx, UPS, USPS. Everybody just been trash lately. Honey, I had to call Amazon and curse them out because y'all don't ever send nothing by uh, USPS. Well, all of a sudden, y'all starting to send it by USPS. They knew when that box was on the back of their truck weighing 27 pounds, it wouldn't go fit in the mailbox. So why you ain't even get yourself prepared to bring it to my door? Stop playing with me. On that note, guys, I'm going to try to bring the conversation um, back <laughs> before she sends someone a nasty email or just shows up. She might just be at the post office at 5 a.m. ready to protest. No, I, ain't, I don't know. No, because I already talked to the lady from the post office. I already gave her my, my thoughts on it. So that's that. Probably going to be on the watch list somewhere because she had, she had me messed up. Anyway, okay, for real, for real. Let me get back on topic. So with your investment accounts, me personally, I, um, again, we are not funded. I am not a, fi I work with financial advisors. So if you're in the Houston, Texas area and you need one, I know the great ones there are also some shitty ones here um i'm sorry can i just say something really quick i'm so so sorry i just want to say this before i lose my train of thought i know i apologize sis i apologize make sure that if you decide to get a financial advisor that they are a licensed financial advisor okay a lot of people are signing up 
for a lot of these different services in pyramid structure organizations, and they are deeming themselves as financial advisors, and that is not what they actually do. And also, if your financial advisor is broke, <laughs> baby, you need to get you another financial advisor. If you drive a 98 Toyota Corolla, let me tell you, baby, that ain't it. Because I'm going to tell you something about these financial advisors, and I work with them so I know they getting shmoney, they finna spend they shmoney, okay? Um, there's also, if you do come across somebody who says that they're a financial advisor, there's actually a site that you can go and check to make sure that they are a valid financial advisor. It's called brokercheck.finra.org. I will make sure that it is linked below in case you are in the market for one and you have spoken to one. You can actually check their credentials. You can check if there's any things on their licensing. You can check all those things under that website. Hey, guys, hey, just a little tidbit for you. I'm cracking up. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say, Queen. You can go ahead. I just I just needed to get that out because I know somebody, I know several people who call themselves financial advisors. Oh, that's valid. And their accounts are always in the negative. And Ooh. all they're really doing is selling you pyramid. I don't like to say schemes, but pyramid structure, organization, life insurance policies. And don't just don't do it. Don't not do even it. a low balance, Jesus. We talking about a in the negative balance. Like they so far in the red, Ooh. the color black is not in sight. Ooh. They must bank with Wells Fargo because Wells Fargo lets you go way negative. Okay, let me tell you something. Wells Fargo pissed me off today, but that's a whole other situation. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go go ahead. No, you ain't get that to be talking some go ahead. Okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I always, I do always recommend as well, even if your job does offer a 401k plan, that you also look into having some investments outside of your employer. Um, what I mean by investments, I mean retirement accounts as far, um, as far as investments. I, guys, I get it. You know, investments, there's a whole, I mean, we could probably do a four or five episode series just on different type of investments, but I'm specifically just talking about like retirement accounts. I always recommend that you have something on the side that's separate from whatever your employer offers. And the reason for that being is that a lot of times your employers, not speaking for every employer, but I know I work in the financial industry. So my employers typically take my money and invest it in their business. And I had to you know, adjust my settings accordingly because I don't like your, I don't like your plans. Okay. But with outside investment accounts, you can kind of structure them and put them where you want them to be. Um, and so one of the ones that I specifically use is Fidelity. Um, I love them or Fidelity. I don't want anybody to get on my neck. However you say it, I say Fidelity. That's the Southern in me. Um, they specifically have an account that's called the Fidelity Go and it has no fees, which means you're not paying any like financial advisor fees or anything up to $4,999.99. Anything over that, of course, it depends on what you're putting in or what your account looks like and you would have to pay a fee, but it's a really good starter account for somebody. There is a zero minimum balance to get the account started, which means you literally do not have to put in a certain amount. You can literally say, okay, I'm going to get this account started with $5, which I'm pretty sure is what I started mine with. I was like, oh, put this five over here. You know what I'm saying? Hmm, put this over there. <laughs> of course, it's not at five no more, but I'm just saying you really can just put whatever you want over there. Um, and just kind of start building it from there, guys. They're, they've been really good to me. They, I mean, they send me updates all the time. Um, you get your market watch emails. So you kind of know what's fluctuating in the market. So chef's kiss to that account. Um, some other good ones we mentioned. Did we mention Acorn last time? I can't remember if that was one of them. We did. So they also have an investment side. So that same money that they're keeping. You can, I mean, that of course it goes into your investment account as well. But like I said, make sure you got that money over there in your account. That 61 cent in there. <laughs> um, Charles Schwab does have some accounts, some zero balance accounts as well, like zero minimum balance accounts as well. Um, I personally haven't dealt with them. 
on any platform. So I don't really know, but I, I hear people talk about them all the time. We have some junior advisors that work for my firm and they talk about Charles Schwab as well. There are a lot, a lot, a lot of firms that you can go through to find what you're looking for. And it's okay to open up multiple ones. So for myself, I do have, have a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA, and that's perfectly okay. You can do that. It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. So just, you want to be able to set yourself up as best as possible when you get older. And a lot of times, just like with your life, with your whole life policies, it, let's just say if you put money over in your retirement accounts, if you need to pull that money from there, you can, like, for example, to buy a house and you need help with your down payment, you can pull from your retirement account to help with your down payment, things like that. So keep that in mind, guys. You want to be able to really set yourself up. Also, something else really exciting that I, I know, y'all, I know everything for me reverts back to the baby, but like, who cares about things for kids until you have kids, right? I know that's messed up, like, financially, like, you don't really think about your kids. I mean, I'm saying like, as a non-parent or somebody who does not have children, you're not really okay. thinking about setting up things for your kids. But there are a few really good options for accounts for kids. So you can do, um, you can do IRAs for kids. Um, you, which of course would have the same rules and regulations as a retirement account for anybody else. So the kids would not be able to draw from those accounts until they are at the retirement age. You have investment accounts that are good for kids. So they have custodial non-retirement accounts for children, meaning that, you know, uh, an adult would open an account and they would be the primary on the account that the kid would be the beneficiary. Also, if your kid is thinking about, or if you think that your kid is going to go to college, they have the 529s college savings plans. That's a good write-off for parents um, as well, because that, that looks great. That That's going to be a write-off for you because you're putting money into your kid's education. I feel like in the day and age that we're going, we're kind of leaning away from where parents are forcing their kids to go to college. Um, I've been told personally in having conversations with financial advisors that, you know, the 529 account, they recommend that you don't open it until, you know, like until your kid's a little bit older and you know that they're on the path headed to college. And it sounds bad, but because of the stipulations with the college savings, they can only use it for educational expenses. Yes, that includes paying back student loans, you know, tuition, books, housing. But for the most part, those are those expenses are tracked. So those withdrawals are tracked differently versus a custodial account. So just keep that in mind. Just just some little tidbits, y'all, to keep in mind as you are looking forward to becoming a smarter you, like more financially set you. And really it it really is something that just just takes just a little bit to get started. If you don't have, you know, if you use the tips that we put out last time, last episode, to really look and see where you are, you can really begin to set yourself up for a great future. And why not start now? Why why keep waiting? For sure. Absolutely. One thing or two things that I did want to mention, you were talking about the benefits of having an additional retirement account, like a traditional or a Roth um, IRA account. And another reason why it's good to have that secondary or even tertiary uh, retirement account is because if you're the type of person that is not going to stick with the same company for 20 years until you retire, right? Absolutely. Or let's say you're in your 40s and you've had multiple jobs up until then, nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you just can't deal with the shenanigans anymore at the particular place. Sometimes you outgrow a position, you outgrow a company. Sometimes you just don't want to do it anymore and you move on. If you had a 401k plan with one company and you do not roll that over into the next company, it's just going to be there. And sometimes we forget. Like I remember I was going through finances a while ago and I was like, wait, shouldn't I have another account? And I was like, snap, I don't even work for that company anymore. And then I had to do all this tracking down of the situation to go back years upon years, verifying addresses and cars. I don't even remember that I had just to have access to this account. So that's why it's a good idea to have another account also. And then if you're the type of person that 
doesn't necessarily have an employer. Maybe you have contracts, right? You have an individual contract with different companies. You're not necessarily going to be offered a 401k opportunity with that company because you do not qualify as an employee of that company. You are a subcontractor or a contract employee. So it's a good idea to have a separate investment account or separate retirement account as well. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there. No, those are really the points that I I failed to mention. Also, if you do, if listen, if you are a type of person, like let's just say if you are with a company for five years, so you have put in the 401k, but now you're leaving that company. Listen, you don't have to leave it with that company. You can roll it into an outside investment. So you can roll it to your own personal outside. You don't have to roll it into your new employer's 401k plan. But guys, if you don't need that money, do not take it out. Roll it over into a different product. It's so disheartening, like working on the re- like working in retail banking and even now working on the wealth management side of things to see people be like, oh, well, I quit my job. So now I have access to my 401k, which you do. I mean, keep in mind, if it's a traditional IRA, you're going to be taxed on it. If it's Roth, then it's already taxed. But watching people take that money out, like keeping it in their checking account or, you know, whatever is so disheartening because you know that that money is spent as soon as it hits the account. And that really isn't money that you're going to get back. Whereas you could roll that over into another thing and still have yourself set up for your retirement. So I always say, you know, everybody's situation is different, but if you do not need that money when it's time to roll it over or when, if you're leaving and you're pulling it out, roll it into the same products, roll it into another outside account, roll it into your new employer's 401k, just something, just do not take it out. Don't put it in your checking account. Don't spend it. And even beyond the taxes, let's talk about the penalty that you have to pay for taking money out, right? So you'll get penalized by the federal government for taking money out of your 401k because that's specifically supposed to sit there until depending on the company 60 or 65 or 70 whatever the age is for that particular plan so let's not pay more bills before we can afford more bills right so as we said just leave the money there you're not missing it if you follow those tools and if you do your own research, right? Don't just take our word for it. Do your own research, figure out what works best for you, reduce your expenses, become disciplined, learn how to budget, learn how to not impulse purchase. Is that something that a lot of us struggle with? Well, I feel like you took oh, a shot just now, Loki. No, that was at myself. Like that I was felt, I felt triggered. I was like, she right, but I'm triggered. <laughs> No, that was towards me. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Um, So yeah, guys, we talked about life insurance. We talked about retirement and investment accounts. The next thing, wait, please, do we have anything else to talk about for retirement and investment accounts? No, I'm good. I think I I went on a little rampage rampage a little bit there about different types of investment accounts. So I'm getting excited because I'm learning more about the other side of it now I think so I got a little bit excited but no I'm good I'm really excited to pick your brain on what you think about this next little tidbit I mean I don't know because I feel like it's one of those things where it's like a catch-22 you get what I'm saying like people be like oh mind your business but like go ahead go ahead let's introduce it let's let's talk about what we're gonna talk about wait now I'm like wait what are we talking about next is it paying down debt is it lump sum payments Which oh I was I was talking about the lump sum payments I, okay I let's hit it so we had a, a, a brief conversation. Y'all know how we told y'all that we go on our little, you know, we get to talking, we get to talking before the, <laughs> before the show gets started. Right, right. right. And we, t- I mentioned when we were kind of doing our outline for this episode, I mentioned, well, how do you feel about lump sum payments? And, you know, what do you feel about that? What do you think people should be doing with that money? Or like, what do you think the best uses of that money is? By lump sum payments, we mean like um your tax refunds, your like the government gave out stimulus checks, your annual bonuses if you work with that type of company, you know, where anywhere where you're getting a lump sum of money that's not included in your regular salary. Like what do you feel is the best use of those type of funds? So honestly, I think excuse me, if you're in a situation 
where you are having to budget. And if you're following our 50, 30, 20 suggestion, then your lump sum payment should follow that same model. 50% should go towards paying down whatever bills you have, reducing our debt to income ratio, um, making sure that some things are paid in advance. If you have a mortgage that you can pay a couple of months in advance without a penalty, go for that. Use 50% for that. Take another 30%, do whatever you want to do with it. Oh, I can get my crab. I can get my crab legs with them with that 30%. Yes. Yes. Buy that bag. Get your nails done. Get that hairstyle that you've been wanting to get, but it cost a couple hundred dollars and you didn't have it. Do whatever it is that you want to do with it. Because when we're being responsible, we need to sometimes feel rewarded for being responsible. So put your 50% towards your bills, spend that 30% and splurge, do whatever it is, and then put 20% towards savings or investments, right? That way you feel less constricted. Now, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. If you are in dire constraints, and you are in a dire amount of debt, and things are just like it's a struggle to struggle every single month. You're literally not sure how you're going to feed your family. That ratio changes a little bit for you. It absolutely changes because we need to not only get ourselves into a position where we're not so far in debt, but we need to get ahead a little bit. So your 50% ratio may need to go up to 60%, right? And then we adjust the other two categories um, accordingly. But I think we should break it up. I don't think that, I don't think anyone, unless you just got coins like that, should, should spend the entire amount, right? I know we want to do a whole house remodel, or I know we want to go ahead and put the whole thing towards a down payment on a new car. Now, if you are in dire need for a car, and that's the only way that you can get it, then you have to do what you have to do. But if we're budgeting and we're setting ourselves up for this financial fitness journey, right? And we're setting ourselves up for wealth in the future. Then I, I think following that same model is good. I love that. I absolutely love that. See, I need to do better. Oh, and yeah. I don't mean like I spend it, but like I really try my best to like not touch it at all. So I just like put it in savings. Like anytime I get like a lump sum like that, I always try savings and like maybe take a few dollars off the top you know just for myself but like I really try to keep that money separate um but I love that that kind of gives you like a little bit of a reward you're still handling business you know what I'm saying and it still gets to go in savings I love that's absolutely amazing listen well thank you if you are in dire need and struggling listen I know there's been a lot of flex on social media Especially because of last year with stimulus checks. Joe, if you want to stimulate us one more time, I'm cool. <laughs> Run it back. I'm lying because we are on the brink of economic collapse. So don't do that. But right. there was a lot of flack about people, you know, kind of going out and splurging. And the biggest thing was crab legs and Gucci bags. Listen, guys, we can't keep living like this. Okay. Like as a community, we cannot keep living like this. That stimulus money, y'all think y'all was being stimulated? What they actually did was stimulate the economy. They knew that y'all was gonna pump that that money right back into the economy. They knew that y'all was gonna go get crab legs and buy Gucci bags. They knew that shit before they sent them checks out. Okay. So you need to be able to make sure that if the government is stimulating you, that you stimulate. I mean, if the government is stimulating you and I put that in air quotations that you are also stimulating you. That money should have not gone out the window to stimulate Gucci. Don't need no more coins. Nobody. So and I feel like this <laughs> this may be taken the wrong way by some people. But if you needed a stimulus check in order to buy a Gucci bag, that was not your calling. That was not meant to be your bag. If you could not afford it before the stimulus check, you should not have put yourself in a position to pay for it with a stimulus check. Okay. And that's why, <laughs> that's why there's that saying, black people can't never have nothing. But I don't want to just say black people because a lot of people did that, right? Regardless of the nationality. But it was meant, 
as Queen said, literally to stimulate the economy and what you should have done with it. And I don't care who you are, unless again, you just got it like that. What you should have done with it was stimulate yourself. Absolutely. Not furthering somebody else's business, not furthering somebody else's agenda. You should have furthered your own agenda. Like props to the people that took stimulus checks and started a business for themselves. Props to the people that took stimulus checks and paid up their mortgage or paid up their rent or paid off their debt or, you know, invested it somehow to create generational wealth. That's, in my humble opinion, that's what we should have been doing, right? We should have been making sure the cabinets were fully stocked. We should have been making sure nobody had holy shoes. We should not have been, I mean, I I can't say nothing about the crab legs, like, Come get you some nourishment. But if you could only afford snow crab legs before, that's what you should have been getting when you got stimulated. You went over there and bought them king crab legs and could not afford them. That's different. Okay? Okay. Also, I think it's worth noting another... The reason why I asked specifically about like the pan, like the pandemic lump sum that they were doing is also because you guys have to also keep in mind that there were a lot of people who got evicted just simply because they felt like they did not have to pay their rent because there was like a rent freeze for certain um, landlords or whatever. So then like when you got your $1,200 plus whatever money you got, if you have children, what did you do with it? You didn't pay your landlord. So then when those restrictions were let up and people were able to file evictions, now y'all mad because y'all being kicked out. Like that just didn't make any sense to me. So that's why I'm saying like, the government pumped that money out to specifically stimulate the economy and y'all did exactly that and did not make sure that you were straight because baby if i lost my job and honey um whoever the president was at that time is sending me twelve hundred dollars we gonna make sure this this roof is straight regardless of what they got going on even if they say oh you ain't gotta pay you know what i'm saying so just think about that just just make sure that you are stimulating yourself so i love applying the 50 30 20 to even lump sum payments. I love that. That's amazing. That's a really good note to put down. But if you can be as disciplined as Quee and put the entire thing in savings and not touch it, listen, go ahead with financial stability. I'll be sure. I'll be sure <laughs> hey, girl. Be can sure I borrow some money to buy a veggie patty? Oh, because I'm about to pull it out. <laughs> Don't nobody talk to me, okay? Because I'm going to be sick when I get this hospital bill. Who told me to get pregnant and have a baby at the beginning of the year when my deductible ain't been met? Ugh, the ghetto. We're not, do- we're not talking about this again because we had a whole episode <laughs> dedicated to your grown folk shenanigans. I know, but it just hit me again because girls close now. Like, I was thinking about it the other day. I had logged into my little medical, uh, my health insurance account. And it was like, your deductible has not been met. I know. <laughs> Them people finna hit me with a bill, y'all. Finna be sick. Don't talk to me. Don't ask me for nothing. And no, I'm not going nowhere. You gonna start a GoFundMe page for Queen? I'm gonna start too. I already told y'all last episode what my first one's gonna be for. This one's gonna be for. Did y'all see that medical bill? That's what it's gonna be titled. (laughs) Listen, going back to these stimulus checks, I just need to say something. If you were fortunate enough to fall underneath the the income thresholds and receive a full or even a partial stimulus check. Let's say you got $1,200. Okay. Let's say that you had two kids. What was the amount per kid? $2,000? No, I thought it was like 600, right? Maybe it was 1200. I think they did like 600 the first time and then they did the full 1200 for the second, third. Per, Per child? Yeah. Okay. So let's say you had three kids and let's say it was 600. Somehow I feel like it was more than that. That's why I said, I think, I think the first time they did 600 per child, but when they did the additional stimulus checks, they raised it to give the full 1200 per child. I don't, don't quote me on that though. So it said that a person could have gotten up to $1,800 per child. Right. So let's say you had 300. We're not even going to say that you got the full 1800 because I don't know what the stipulations were. But let's say you received $1,200 per child and you had three children. That leaves you with $3,600 on top of your $1,200. That right there gives you $4,800 in one month that you did not have before. 
right? If you apply our rule, then 50% of that, which is $2,400, would have gone to paying bills, would have gone to paying that rent that you thought you didn't have to pay because people were on the rent freeze. So regardless, again, I think I stand by that. I don't think I'm going to waver from that. Again, unless you are in a position where finances are not strapped, you have good budgeting, you've got your setup and you can place everything in there. If you're not in that position where you can place a lump sum payment in savings, follow the same 50-30-20 rule. Because again, you have that flexibility. You don't feel constrained. You don't feel like, oh my God, all of this is going towards bills. I mean, but just be mindful. If you are behind bills like that, you probably shouldn't make it your priority. Somebody should have let me claim this child, Jesus. Do you remember oh. when people used to do that? Do people still do that? People still do that. I still have yet to figure out, like, since I've become an actual tax-paying adult, I've yet to figure out what the benefit is of letting somebody else claim your child. Do you get more back if you make more money? Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. But then some somebody told me once that they were only able to claim, like, they like there was a cap or something. Like yeah, it's like four allowed, kids. I think, I think right. it's like four kids. So if you had seven, holla at me and queen. No, because y'all even take me to jail. I'm good. In the words of Saucy Santana, Saucy Santana, Karicha, please. Okay. I'm going to just Google it. Don't, don't come for me. I'm going to just. Google I wasn't going to say anything. Google I was just going to let you, I was going to let you figure it out, but I'm good. <laughs> Listen, I seen a post on Facebook today and it said everything happens when it's supposed to. I'll have my tax write off next year. Okay. But if y'all want to send me another one for real, don't hit my inbox. My phone number is eight now. Just joking. We're not doing that. We're going to keep just joking. it moving. <laughs> Since we were talking about breaking up that stimulus check or that lump sum check, and we're not just talking about stimulus. This can be that death benefit from the life insurance policy that we talked about. This can be when you get your tax return, right? People get their tax return back and they just go crazy. Whatever that lump sum payment is, um, go ahead and divvy it up a little bit. Make sure that you're set in all areas. Now, with that said, we're talking about paying things down. When it comes to paying down debt, what are your thoughts on that school? Girl, get them people the money. If you owe it to them, pay it to them. Stop letting be folk. Y'all be, listen, y'all be out here complaining about bill collectors like y'all don't owe them. If y'all owe them, get them their money. Stop playing with them folks. If Aaron's call you and want their money, honey, let them either come pick up their couch or give them their money. Who it's did you. you just come for? Who I second that motion, however. Who did I don't you know, just come I for? I don't know one person in my actual life that has furniture at Aaron's. If you do, I'm not judging you, but I'm just saying, if you owe them boy and they call in their phone and text you and emailing you about your account is past due, give them boy they give them their couch or give them their money. Right. The payment ain't but $23 a week. Anyway, give them their money. You know what? We're not going to do is minimize anybody's payments. We're not going to do that. Honey, you However, go over there and get a whole house full of furniture for $46 a week. Give them people their money or give them their furniture. I just set myself up for this every time. And again, there's no shade to nobody who has furniture from Aaron's. They actually have quite nice stuff. I don't, I don't know the pricing on it, but it's cute. They be having some cute stuff. So... In that same model, right? So let's say that your payment is 23 or $46 a week, right? When we are paying debt, anything that is financed, unless, I don't know, unless Jesus is financing it, I don't know, you're going to have interest. And a lot of times, interest rates may not be as low as we would want them to be. So... A good thing that Queen and I were talking about before when we're paying down debt is to make multiple payments. Even if you can't make a full payment more than once, make multiple payments until you get to that full payment, right? So if your payment is $100 a month, rather than paying that $100 at one time, so you have like that bulk amount that's coming out of your check, do $50 with one check and $50 with another check. One, it makes you less anxious because you, it gives you the feeling that you have more money accessible to you and everything's not coming out at one time. And then two, if you make payments 14 days apart, um, one payment goes towards your principal, one payment goes towards your interest. And so the sooner that we pay those off, the less interest that we accrue because um, if anybody knows anything about interest, 
you end up paying so much more in the end if you like if you take the entire term of the loan. So if you have a car payment and it's seven years worth of a car payment, if you take seven years to pay that car payment off, you are paying way more. You pay for that car five times over with. Pay for five right. times over with. <laughs> Don't do that if you can. Right? Like if you can pay it off early, pay it off early. If you can take some of that lump sum payment and push down that debt for whatever the debt is for, whether it's a mortgage, whether it's credit cards, student loans, utility bills, car payments, whatever. Um, splitting them up between multiple checks is going to be uh, easier sometimes for you, depending on how much you make. And um, also, yeah, kind of taking off the, the two sides of that loan, the principal and the interest. And y'all know if you don't pay Aaron's bag 90 days savings cash, they charge like 172% interest. So give them folk their money. Let me explain something to you. If anybody ever says that you have 172% interest, <laughs> I'm going to need you to walk away, okay? Run out the store. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. They make it sound good, girl, because they be like ninety days same as cash. And you be like, oh, okay, cool. And yeah, your payment will stay at the twenty three ninety nine on day ninety one, but they should charge you a hundred and seventy eight percent interest. I'm gonna just like we do this podcast by herself, y'all. Because I just, can't get my breath together enough. I'm cutting up, y'all. Going. I'm just cutting up, y'all. Please don't sign anything with a hundred and seventy. Please don't sign. If you can help it, please do not sign anything that has an interest rate over 30%. And that is pushing it because quite honestly, I wouldn't sign anything that has an interest rate, depending on what it is, over 14%. But that's just me. I'll be like, nope, I got to do without it because I don't want to even stress about or have to think about how much extra money I'll be paying. In well, with errors, as long as you pay it within 90 days, you ain't got to worry about it. Listen, everybody is not going to errands. Don't go to errands. Again, I don't have errands furniture and I don't know nobody that do. So if I offend anybody who does, I apologize. Your couch is probably beautiful. Just make sure you're giving the boy their money because they will pull up with an empty truck. I had a neighbor at my last place who errands pulled up and took their whole house <laughs> out. So, but if they can't get in the house, they can't take it, can they? Honey, if you if they knock on your door and say we here to get our furniture and you don't give them their damn furniture, they gonna call the cops. Oh Lord, open the door, please. Open the door because we don't have bail money for anybody. I damn sure I'm not dealing with you going to bail you out of jail because you ain't let errands in. You should have just paid them, boy. Can you imagine? Being in jail and somebody asks you what you in for. Because <laughs> you done assaulted an errands employee because they tried to come take their couch back. See what I'm saying? See? Oh. And when I get riled up because you laugh and make jokes like that. See, that's why I just become start being quiet, y'all. Get them people their money. But again, try to do it in a way that you're not going to end up paying more money over time. All of this, guys, is about being realistic. This entire financial conversation from the last few episodes to this one is about being realistic with what you can afford. Do your research. Be diligent and do your research regardless of what it is, whether it's furniture, whether it's a mortgage, whether it's a rent payment for a particular apartment, credit card, a car payment, whatever it is. Do your research and make sure that the benefits outweigh the risks. So guys, these are just some of our tips and tricks to become, you know, the same you, but a smarter you for 2022. Okay, that's a word. Okay, period. (laughs) Nothing else needs to be said. (laughs) Guys, anything that we mentioned in this episode, um, we're definitely going to put in the comment section. Um, We're definitely also going to put it in the show notes so that you can know where to go with that Fidelity Go, that Charles Schwab account that we talked about, Acorns, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs. We'll give you links that kind of explain the difference between them, that kind of explain that process um, so that you have that knowledge at your fingertips and it is easily accessible. So whatever streaming platform you're listening to. Verify your financial advisor because I need. Oh, yes. That was a big one. That is... I'm going to keep it going because I have a whole opinion on these non-financial advisor, financial advisors. However, comma, 
we are wrapping up this episode and we are not going to go on another tangent. So we are going to put all of those links, all of the information that we mentioned, all of the um, sources of information that we mentioned, we're going to put them in the show notes. So whatever streaming platform you are on, just click on the dis- the description of the episode and it's going to give you that information. We just want everybody to be knowledgeable, to have the same access to information, to have the same information that we have, that the tools that have helped us to, you know, just be smarter. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Talkspace Jen and Queen. We'll talk to you guys on the next episode.